Hey, chaps. Beautiful day to be alive. Praise God. So, uh, it's been a nice rain-soaked. I'm realizing Indiana is pretty rainy. <laughs> well, the southern, you know, kind of Ohio River Valley uh, climate. It's turning out to be a Scottish summer. I really enjoyed yesterday's stream. It was really great uh, chatting about... Uh, you know, just the whole uh, localist riot and that broad tent and uh, kind of figuring out our um, bumbling our way forward into social technology, into in-group. And I think like that's one of the biggest things, you know, I'm like, God, like what is the way forward to, uh, you know, tribalism that is, is healthy, it's, it's wholesome, it's uh, God honoring, it's, it's people and place honoring and loving. You know, this, this question of in-group preference, which every other culture is celebrated, you know. If you have like a little Chinatown or a little uh, Mexico or a little, you know, every other little group can have in-group preference where they're superbly prefer their own people and superbly uh, uh, eject the outsider, you know, uh, except us, except us Western Christian boys. And so how do we do that skillfully? How do we do that um, by being gentle as doves but wise as serpents? You know, a lot of guys, it was great that tweet by that, uh, that retired FBI director who went on some clown news show and was like, we need to arrest all the people from January 6th and all this kind of stuff. And, you know, a lot of dudes immediately was like, it's outrage or it's, or it's folding, you know, like it's outrage because this is preposterous. Um, and our guys aren't doing anything and, and I can't do anything. And so it's outrage and then fold like depression and fear, um, you know, of like, well, what if I'm next? And it's like, guys, like we're not going to be next because we're, it's, it's, it's frankly 80, it's midwit. It's not 80. The, the grunt posters didn't go. <laughs> it's midwit stupidity to show up at the capital of the world's empire uh, and watch as false flag agents go in and, and cause a bit of terror and then be like, yeah, maybe I should go into unarmed. <laughs> and, you know, it's just like, come on, chaps, you, you know, let's, let's rub two cents together in the brain room over there. Here's the thing why I'm not afraid and why I'm not outraging. And I'm not falling. That's stupid. You know, I, I say this all the time. The feds are welcome because we're not going to do anything that is, is going to get us fed, federalized. Thank you, baby. We're not doing anything. Got me some sweet mint tea over here. We're not doing anything. That our, our boogaloo is not against flesh and blood. The moment you go and and march against the abortion clinic and march against the state capital and go and cause conflict with Antifa and go and, uh, you know, all these flesh and blood things are all by individuals. You know, occasionally they'll be like, this church is putting on a march or this NGO is putting on a march. But we don't understand institutional power the way that leftists understand institutional power. Leftists, they have their, their public-facing institutions that are very centrist. And they let their extremists do all the dirty work and do all the destruction and do all the window framing. And they bail them out. They don't throw them under the bus. The, the conservatives, on the other hand, I won't call them the right because they're not. They're a bunch of coward bastards. Conservatives are, they're, you know, 
they feign outrage at the left, but the left is their business model. It's their grift model. So they need these guys, you know, like, oh, gang, I can't believe you know, there's a transvest, you know, transsexualism. And he'll be like outranging about transsexualism. And now he's endorsing the transvestite candidate for governor. It's like, it's, there is no, there is no will to crush their political enemies. Whereas these guys on the left, are like, oh yeah, we've got these rabid, <laughs> stinky dudes. Let's throw them over there and crush our enemies. And what's their enemy? Their enemy is Christian families. Christian families hold civilization together. They build peace and prosperity. They uh, they are a they are a block of responsibility and authority. And so, if you want a, a leftist clown world, you have to destroy peace, destroy prosperity, destroy responsibility and authority that the Christian family builds. So, who do you have to go after? The the man, the patriarch. And in this country, uh, all along the Anglosphere, the Western world, white men are the predominant Christian patriarchs. So that's the the target of their anger and hatred. You know, they literally think white men are evil because we are evil to their God, to their their uh, mission and their values. And so here's the reason I'm I'm not afraid, right? Because oh, and, and so with the conservatives, if the right does anything, right, it takes a pretty ballsy young pastor to take his congregation and go to an abortion clinic and you know do stuff, right? Tell women like, hey, you know, you're going in there today. Like, can we adopt your baby? Like, there's there's churches who do that. They'll go to an abortion clinic and a lady will be walking in and they'll be like, hey, can we pay for your pregnancy, birth, and we'll adopt the baby? And it's like that's doing stuff institutionally, phenomenal stuff. But the moment you start picketing and um, attacking either the woman or attacking the doctors and the nurses or, or attacking the institution of Planned Parenthood as an, either an individual or a small, isolated, insignificant institution, you lose. You lose. There's no, there's no use. Same thing. A bunch of dudes showing up at some state capital. You lose because you're doing it as an individual or a loosely aligned, small, insignificant little institution. And you're attacking the biggest institution of all, which is the capital of the world empire. It's like, come on, chaps, we, we need to be a, a little bit, either a bit stupider and be a grug who just does good things or be a bit more galaxy brain and let's think a bit here. W Laser, welcome, brother. Rob, it is much easier to corrupt an organization than to protect it. Yeah, so this is it. You know, O'Sullivan's law states that any institution that is not explicitly right-wing in its creation and operation will drift leftward. And it's true. So the reason I don't outrage, you know, when, when you see, like, yes, it sucks. It sucks that these poor normies, these poor conservative normies who, who are good people and just wanted to, you know, they were conned by conservatives who were going to throw them under the bus to arrive in DC. And, you know, then there was a false flag thrown in there and, and all the stuff that happened. And, and it's just like these poor guys, you know, these poor NPCs are, are being thrown under the bus and, you know, they're all going to get jail terms and blah, 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 all that stuff. And a lot of guys are like, oh, Scott, don't fall into the frame, blah, blah, blah. It's like, no, no, no. I mean, th there is nothing we can do. You know, if you have a, an advocacy group or something, that's great. Like start advocating for them. Um, if they have legal defense funds and all that kind of stuff, that's great. You know, and put pressure on on your, your senators and your congressmen to not cuck and stuff. But when it comes to our own personal life, like we're not doing that. We're not going to go, uh, go and fall into the feds honeypots, fall into the feds uh, staged 
productions. So it's like, I have no fear. I have no fear of some FBI director being like, all right-wingers are Nazis and we should arrest them all. And it's like, that's fine. I'm not doing anything arrest-worthy because like everything we're doing, everything we're doing is wholesome Americana, wholesome Anglo, uh, Anglosphere living. There's precedent. There's legal precedent. Um, and then as well, we're not, we're not doing things that are attacking flesh and blood. We're not doing things that are, are, you know, uh, worthy of, you know, some stupid ass news, uh, headpiece of like, you won't believe what they're doing. It's like, yeah, this is what we're doing. <laughs> you know, like this is what we're doing. All right. So I really wanted to hit this thing today of the local right diaspora, you know, hitting on again from yesterday. I think for us, there's this, there's this great, there's this great joy that comes in knowing that there's thousands, hundreds of thousands, uh, you know, and uh, okay, let's put it this way. There's, there's th tens of thousands of men like us who are willing to, to, to disavow the conservatives. They're a bunch of, they're a bunch of just grifters. They're not our people. And so we, we stop identifying as conservative. We stop identifying we can use them you know we can mock them into into taking positions we can put pressure on the politicians to to do things and stuff so so we we use them as a tool but they're not ours it's not our movement it's not our institutions and we've got to be very wise about all the ways that you can poke them into your positions but we're we're far more what is our operating schedule it's local right we are all of us in a local frame right? Our local economy, our local community, our local media, our local governance. All of these things, we have a direct uh, a movement into over a long game, you know, and, and then figuring out, well, there's thousands of other dudes around. We now have little colonies, right? We're a diaspora. We've got to start thinking in a diaspora mindset of I'm not alone. I'm not some loner who showed up at a capital and is now being thrown under the bus. I'm I'm one patriarch in a huge diaspora of patriarchs who are absolutely building a phenomenal colony system out of the wreckage of clown world. You know, we're not, we're not some victims. Chaps, we've got to get out of this victim frame. Cause that's the other thing when people like are outraging at this guy's, you know, in this FBI director's interview, I'm like, Oh my gosh, like it's victimhood, right? Everyone's like so petrified of the feds just coming in and alien abducting them. And then they get disappeared. It's like, it doesn't happen like that, chaps. It doesn't happen like that. Relax. Oh, take a deep breath. Calm down and work locally. Work above board, you know, and, and not work above board of like show everyone your plans. It's like, no, no, no. Like these are my four dudes. We're, we're, we're doing projects together that have precedent. You know, we're not taking flesh and blood. Uh, we're building institutional power. We're building institutions. We are copying the playbook of the left, but instead of lying and degeneracy, it's wholesomeness and regeneracy, regeneration, you know? And so I'm just incredibly like at peace whenever you see these guys out raging over whatever the left's talking heads are doing, whatever the left's institutional heads are doing. Because that's not our, we have no authority to fight at that level. We fight down here. And all of our outraging over there stops us from working down here. And only by working down here can we work our way up there. You know, so I'm just incredibly excited about this, this whole thing of, of thinking 
in a diasporic mindset and thinking in an institutional way. We've got to drop uh, individualistic um, lone wolf uh, operation, right? A lot of us guys, we, you know, we are naturally introverts or, or we just don't enjoy clown world social life. And that's completely, that's completely understandable. I mean, no one, if you're a single guy, 80% of the women you interact with are going to be NPCs who are petrified to step outside of, of their institution's acceptable culture. And so of course you're not going to be like, ah oh, man, this sucks. You know, and then half the, all the popular party dudes that you hang out with, same thing. It's like political correctness. You know, you go to a sports club nowadays and the sports clubs are like, all right, chaps, wearing rainbow jerseys. And we're letting the girls come into the boys, uh, all, bo all male club. And it's like, no, like this is clown. I'm out. And so I think there's a, there's a, a huge aversion to social, social, socializing because we've only had people who hate us and hate beauty and hate logos and hate, uh, God's ways, uh, to socialize with. So it's like, it's that whole thing of like, you know, before you think you're an asshole, first check that you're not surrounded by a bunch of assholes. <laughs> you know, it's like, that's the thing for us, man. So, so it's finding other dudes with whom we can be friendly with and we can build trust with. And, you know, that's a chaps. A lot of us, you know, I started out on Twitter anonymous, you know, because I was in so many groups where me having these views would, would get me kicked out or rejected or uh, reprised against. Uh, and I think a lot of it had to do with me being single, you know, of like wanting to, wanting to not, uh, miss out on the pool of of ladies, you know, because well, <laughs> how do we how do we keep all the young bucks in line in an institution? No woman for you, <laughs> you know. And so I think there is a lot of fear to that. And then likewise for a lot of guys who are in uh, whatever domain they're in, and you're pretty high up and you're crushing. Uh, same thing there, you know. You don't want to get mobbed by uh, a bunch of vindictive um, uh, clowns or 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 NPCs who are are trying to, you know, get you deplatformed and stuff. So it's a good thing for a lot of you guys to remain anonymous. But here's the deal. Start reaching out to the other guys who are anonymous and anonymous accounts uh, and start building trust. I promise you guys, please, this is such an important thing. You know, having one leader who leads the movement, it's great for momentum. It's great as a lightning pole, as a gathering place. The problem is as soon as they strike the shepherd, the sheep scatter right? You deplatform Donald. Well, even this, you elect Donald, everyone else just sits back and sits back and relaxes because it's like, oh, the leader's doing the work. It's like, no, no, no. We need to work even harder. Same thing. They, they strike Donald, they ban him, uh, they deplatform him, they de-elect him and everyone just falls apart. Here's the, the key with this local diaspora, right? Is we have to have this mindset of team of teams, you know, of a decentralized network of each guy knows 10 other guys. And we're in, we're in phone contact, we're in email contact, we're, we're doing projects, uh, we're visiting each other in the summer, uh, our families are maybe uh, vacationing together, uh, we're going to events together, we're putting on events together. Like, all it takes is a little network of 10 other dudes in this diaspora, but everyone, you know, and it's like, okay, now it doesn't matter, you know, if Owen gets deplatformed, if uh, Fuentes gets deplatformed, if Gavin gets deplatformed, if, you know, who are all these other... Think of any not conservative but more right wing guy. If any of them get deplatformed, but all the all the, the the men know each other, all the all the guys who are like, yeah, this is the flagpole that we're under, but they're actually doing stuff together. They're doing projects. They are meeting each other. It's like, chaps, 
it becomes irrelevant whether I get banned or not, uh, whether any of these guys get banned or not, because the the mass of dudes who are actually doing stuff, which is the most important thing, doing stuff. It's like, yeah, we now we now run an email list, or we run a, so we run a, uh, uh, you know, all of these. I'm a neo luddite. No, I'm I'm a paleo luddite. You know, all of these different encrypted messaging services and whatnot. And it's like you straight back up again with the guys who are actually doing stuff. So yes, you lose the huge big crowd. You know, so let's say a guy has you know ten thousand people following him. It's like you you lose the crowd. You get banned. You get platformed, deplatformed. And it's like, oh, I only I only know a hundred dudes. I only have a hundred guys' emails or a hundred guys' calls or, or ten guys' calls. And it's like, no, but those are the ten dudes who you're actually doing stuff with. Those are the ten guys who are doing stuff with the other ten guys. You know, and it's like there's so much strength in this decentralized network because you know that's the other thing I think for a lot of the guys in the economic uh, domain, I think a lot of you and in the ministry domain, a lot of you guys fear being doxed and fear being uh, economically or socially assassinated, you know, losing your job, losing your standing in your little community, uh, being the pariah, being shunned, being cast out into the desert like David. And when you know 10 other dudes who are right or die, and it's like, man, you just shoot out a message. It's like, hey guys, just got deplatformed. Or like, hey guys, just lost my job or whatever. It's like, man, it's like you, you, you've entered a new life. You've entered the life of David in the desert rather than being a jester in the palace. You know, and, and, and if you're a jester in the palace and you're crushing and Saul, you know, mad clown Saul uh, doesn't suspect you of anything and you can play the game and you can do the stuff like do it, crush, do that. You know, Rob, uh, what, did, what did we say? You say plunder clown world to build the new world. But if you do get exposed, if you do get fired, like, don't worry about it. Go, be, go become a David in the desert and be an absolute legend, you know, because we've built relationships. So it's really exciting. Rob, the political spectrum is not a horseshoe. It is asymmetrical. Activism works for the left and not the right. Leftists are made by the education system. Right-wingers are bred. That's really good. Activism works for the left, but not the right. Because they have institutional power that protects their extremists, their activists, their doers. Right? So they can... Here's the thing. They can venture into terrorism. They're activi- they say it's activism. That's just nice euphemistic wording. They say, oh, it's just activists. No, it's terrorism. They can commit terrorism, but because they have media power, economic power, governmental power, their terrorists are just activists. And if their terrorists are ever, you know, if there is a rogue policeman who's like, no, screw this, I'm arresting the guy, then, you know, the institutional power punishes the policeman and releases the activist you know that's why for them activism works i.e terrorism whereas for us like i think we look at at them and be like we've got to commit terrorism we've got to reciprocate we've got no it's like no we can be activists in the true sense of the word we are active in our local communities we're we're not going to be at the scale of these guys right uh so in in this essence asymmetrical is exactly the, the the point there rob you know we are asymmetrically matched we can't do what what their mainstream guys do. We can't do what their activists do. But what we can do is is at least unbury our little one talent and start going and, and being active uh, in the things that we're we're good at and, and with the guys that we know. That's so good, bro. Yeah, and made by the education system. Leftists are made by the education system. Right wingers are bred. This is where I'm incredibly 
hopeful for the future. You know, the right wing continues uh, to be hugely pro uh, natalist, you know, pro family, pro big family, many children, young marriage, um, and and are increasingly now pro homeschool. You know, I, I think even amongst many conservative guys who, who I'm friendly with, you know, homeschool is like, oh, but Scott, you know, I like the school system and blah, I don't know, blah, blah. It's like, I think after 2020, like quite a few of the guys are like, uh, what's this uh, homeschooling? Uh, uh, homeschooling? Yeah, no, I'm, I've been, I've been pro homeschooling this whole blood. Let me tell you, I'm a pro, big proponent of homeschooling. Yeah. So you love to see it. You know, we're breathing the future. Praise God. Rob, a significant part of our strategy needs to involve outbreeding the cat lady. My man, that's a that's <laughs> dude. Tweet that right now. Outbreed the cat lady. So good. Um. West Motorstein. Scott, I'm behind on the live play at work currently, but I'm curious if you like Fuentes. I've only watched your stuff for a couple days, but you seem similar or more similar to Torba, maybe. Dude, Torba is based. I uh, I thoroughly appreciate what he's doing. So Fuentes, here's Fuentes is here's the thing for a lot of us guys who who talk on YouTube, you know, I think often the crowd, the crowd can push you in directions uh, where it becomes the movement becomes bigger than you. And I think Fuentes is that way where I think he's struggling to figure out. I think his frame is entirely political. His frame is trying to push the conservatives uh, more traditional, more based. And so I think he's doing a great job. You know, what he did to Charlie Kirk was just pure brilliance, institutional brilliance. Um, you know, it forced him, uh, it, it embarrassed him. Uh, it forced him to take an L. So while I'm not myself a knicker, uh, I appreciate the guy. And, and again, it's just good to have adjacent tribes. They're adjacent guys. They're nationalists. They're traditionalists. Uh, they're energized. I think for them, they're going to become incredibly powerful in about 10 years' time when all these 20, you know, teenage to 20-year-old trad Catholic boys are all going to have five to 10 children and businesses and institutional power. And it's like, then you're going to see uh, Fuentes become a real force uh, in American politics and, and culture, you know, right now he's, he's, uh, people are sleeping on him, but, but watch when his base becomes a bunch of 35 year old trad dads with 10 children and, you know, 2 million bucks in the bank. Torbe, just phenomenal. The dude is based. He doesn't fold. He doesn't, uh, he doesn't back down from, uh, from just being absolutely based. Um, so I love what he's up to. And again, I think, I think the key is not to triangulate and not to get insecure and fight each other and, and be like, oh, you know, uh, this guy's not as cool as me or, or, you know, all this stuff is like, no, 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 we're all adjacent. Like, let's go hard together. Let's have this, this big tent, uh, right. You know, this, this thing of, we can, we can incredibly encourage each other, you know, and that's where I was really going with a lot of, a lot of this, uh, the diaspora of inst building institutional power. Fuentes is a media institution. <clears throat> Torba is a media institution. And so it's great. Like the more the merrier. This is phenomenal. You know what Owen and, and Vox Day are doing? They are a media institution. Um, and I really wanted to hit on this, you know, with there's so many guys on this localist right, on this right diaspora who are doing, you know, there's there's a, a chap on, on Twitter, um, Hey Wildrich, you know, he's a, a lawyer trying to set up an advocacy uh, 
group, you know, legal advocacy group for, for our guys. You know, is he a Christian? Probably not. Uh, has he got his own, you know, but he's adjacent. He's adjacent to what we're trying to do. And it's like, this is where we start playing clever. This is where we start playing the game on an institutional level of like, man, the left have such crazy dysgenic factions that want to eat each other. But it's like, no, 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 same, <laughs> same enemy, you know? And so for us, it's so easy for us instead of like being like, oh, well, I don't like this about that guy. I don't like this about that guy. It's like, you don't have to like that. You don't even have to be, you don't have to ever, you can even block that guy, but don't throw him under the bus. Don't fight him. We're all fighting in the same direction. And I was thinking that as well, you know, with, um, yeah, there's lots of different institutional things. Rob, um, as Rufus says, resistance is fertile. Yeah. And that's it. You know, another group of dudes, the Southern, the Southern secessionists, all the, uh, the Dixie boys, you know, again, it's a, it's a group of guys who are adjacent and, and fighting the same enemy, you know, and at some point we'll all get off the bus, but only after the bus has driven over a few clowns. Anonymous man. Welcome brother. Catching uh, the stream live. Let's go. Good to have you on. KR, welcome brother. Pronatalism is the core of this movement. All politics should be framed as laying the ground for the next generation and encouraging the next generation to be as great as possible. It's all about forward thinking. You know, you can, you can, you can take a bunch of Christian guys who have been totally indoctrinated by liberalism and, and big Ava cancerous theologies, you know, and they'll be like, I'm against prosperity. Prosperity is the devil. And you're like, what about your children though? Do you want your children to grow up in peace and prosperity? And they're like, yeah, I want my children to grow up in peace and prosperity. It's like, great, let's work towards that. <clears throat> and I agree as well there, you know, the core of this kind of movement is, is natalism. And, and that is, it's such a huge, again, it's a, a, a natural grace vacuum. You know, the bodybuilder guys, they don't know it. They're all single and trying to bang 20 girls. And it's like, no, but you're actually, <laughs> you know, being a, a right-wing bodybuilder and sitting in the sun and drinking 12 eggs a day, you're, you're creating a high sexual market value man who's going to create high value children. And so again, for them, it's like getting them into the mindset of like, hey, chaps, you know, it's time to, it's time to get into next generation mode of you want 20 little yous running around as little chads that you're going to train in the gym. And it's like, okay, yeah, I actually do want to get married and have 20 little chads. You know, it's again, it's, it's, it's linking everything back uh, to natalism, to uh, blood and soil, you know, and not the blood of boogaloo of flesh and blood there blood of we are building new blood we are we are pro natalist and we're pro soil marcel welcome brother good day my diaspora friends rob the success of a diaspora is based on strong in-group preference and identity you know it's it's the the, the biggest thing here for us is understanding in-group preference and and it's great to look at this you know when you're on your twitter feed when when your your things are coming through every time you see the word racist Swap that for in-group preference. Because that's the, you know, that's essentially the, the issue here. You get these outside parasites who don't like being gatekept from things they didn't build. And so what do they shout? In-group preference. And it's like, yeah, if I went to Japan and, and called them a bunch of bigot racists because they didn't like me and they didn't let me into their club and they didn't. Uh, treat me nicely and like I've started a business no one's using my business and they're all really rude and don't talk my language and they force me to learn their language and 
my kids look different to their kids in the school system. So the teachers don't treat them the same. And it's like, no, dude, you're just encountering in-group preference. Be grateful, learn, learn the culture, be honorable of the people you're around and they'll probably like you, you know, honor the group and they'll probably let you in the group, you know, instead it's like, racist. <laughs> you know, so, so in-group preferences, it's not a sin. You know, the, a lot of Christian guys are like, oh, Scott, you know, showing, showing prejudice and, uh, that's pretty sinful. And, uh, you know, in James, it says uh, to not judge uh, between the rich guy and the poor guy or, you know, a lot of like, oh, no Greek or Jew. It's like, yeah, for the blessings of Abraham, there is no Greek or Jew for the blessings of Abraham, which means we're all the sons of Abraham. You know, we all get to inherit the blessings, whether whether we're Greek or Jew. The Jews aren't special anymore, but they can still be Jews. They can still have an in-group, you know, and, and we can still be Anglos or, or Western whatever our tribe ends up morphing into and, and being named as, it's like, it's not a sin to not let everybody come sleep in your house. It's like, no, lock the door, brother. Like you love your family and you respect other families. You know, if, if there's 20 street kids outside on the street, like, you know, starving and stuff like, yeah, we, we want to feed them and house them. But why the heck are they there in the first place? Oh, they're fleeing because their, their dad didn't look after them. Listen here, chap. The problem is not with these little kids. The problem's with the dad down there. He needs to take responsibility. And and likewise with, with anti-nationalists. You know, oh, Africa, like they can't handle, you know, everyone's, oh my gosh, import Somalia to Minnesota. And it's like, no, no, no. Somalia has got to sort out their own crap. We don't take all their kids into our house. Because what about our kids? You know, and it's the same thing with like, if some abusive lady is crying at my door, knocking, let me in, and she, her whole face is bloody. It's like, what is the what is the Good Samaritan? The Good Samaritan is, okay, I see you have a burden. I see you're in need. I will help you to your own people. The Samaritan didn't take the Jew back to his house. The Samaritan took the, the injured Jew to a Jewish innkeeper, a Jewish NGO, a Jewish hospital, a Jewish orphanage, and said, here's some money. Here's the person. I'm going to make sure they're okay, but that's your person. You look after him. And so this good Samaritan didn't take him back to his house. And I was like, okay, you're in my house now. I guess you're my family. You have, you're now in on the inheritance. Uh, you can now bang my wife. Uh, you know, that didn't happen. And it's like, you know, Christians just struggle with this idea of in-group preference. And it's guys, it's family. Love your family first. Love your neighbor first. Then you can help the Samaritan then you can help the Jew back to his Jewish people. You can help the Somali back to Somalia. You can help, you know. Yeah. yeah, yeah. All right. So a big thing here is connecting lonely men, right? A lot of us chaps who, who are not, we're not going to agree with clown world. We're like, chaps, the emperor has no clothes. You know, that whole story of the guy who's like, I'm not going to play along and say that, that this is sane and this is wholesome and stuff like, no, boom, he gets kicked out. He gets kicked out of the institutions. He gets kicked, kicked out of the communities, kicked out of the hierarchies. So we've, we've learned as a coping mechanism, as a survival mechanism to keep our opinions to ourselves, to keep company to ourselves. Like everyone else is dangerous. Everyone else is insane and lying. And so I don't trust people anymore. I don't trust clown world. I don't trust pastors. I don't trust media talking heads. I don't trust HR managers. I don't trust politicians because they all lie. And the moment I try and be like, Hey, did you, is that a clown? And they're like, 
that's not a clown. That's not a clown. You're the clown. You know, it's like, so we're like, we're all insular and stuff. And so we, we become incredibly lonely. And that's the objective of this media and academic military grade propaganda is to be like, you're just alone and you're going to die all alone. So just go die alone. Just go kill yourself. Just go wallow in despair. Here's some opioids. Go die alone, you lonely little sad man. And I was like, no, no, no. There's 7,000 other dudes just like me. The Lord told me so. And so this whole, this whole idea of the diaspora is to connect us with like-minded, like-hearted, like-missioned men. Chaps, I'm telling you right now, you know, to use, to use guys, that is the incredible, that is the incredible uh, opportunity we have with, with social media is to reach out and, and just like, man, I'm telling you chaps, if it's just four other dudes that you, you share phone numbers and you call, you know, it doesn't even have to be often, but just every so often, you know, once a month even, I'm just like, Hey man, how you doing? Tell me how you're crushing. Uh, how's your family? Uh, or if you're single, tell me about the woman, you know, how's things going? Uh, how's your health? How's your finances? Like, let's care for each other, right? Because we're on the same mission. And this is incredibly uplifting. This is what a church is supposed to be. You know, that's why the persecuted church is just so based because they know to get into a persecuted church, you have to be willing to uh, call out. Like, no one here is insane. No one here is lying because they know it's life and death. And this is where we, we are right now of institutional life and death. You know, we, we, we just want to know we're not alone. We don't want to die alone. And that's the, the great thing out here. You know, the first thing, chaps, is not some huge, you know, and, and we feel that when we come into a space like this, it's like, oh, my gosh. You know, okay, what's the project? What's the boogaloo? Let's go. You know, because we were so energized. But chaps, it's a long game. And so just relax, take a deep breath and start making friends. You know, make friends. Make friends with dudes who who we're thinking the same things. We're, we're heading in the same direction. And from friendship, you know, even, even in the localist kind of homesteading movement, right? You'll meet a guy who's homesteading. <laughs> we did this with our with the butcher, the local butcher we met and bought bought beef from. But we go and visit his uh we go visit, you know, first it was a phone call, right? It's like, hey man, I'm looking for a grass-fed hormone-free beef. And that's a that's a dog whistle, right? So he's like, so he throws a dog whistle. He's like, so uh, are you guys uh, into, uh, you know, into, you know, I can't remember what the dog whistle was, like bartering or trading. Like, oh yeah, we're open to barter. And it's like, oh, okay, okay. And then we throw a dog whistle like, hey, do you know about raw milk? You know, it's like, oh, come visit my homestead, <laughs> you know? And so we, you know, we go visit his homestead. And it's like immediate connection. Like there's his family, they're homeschooling. Like, it's just like the dude's a base freaking agrarian king. And it's just like, this is awesome. And like, we've just met each other and we're talking about buying a property together. You know, it's like, okay, guys, slow, <laughs> slow down. We've just met each other, you know, but, but that's the excitement of, oh my gosh, everyone else is a clown or an NPC of a clown. I like in real life, I'm, I'm touching another man, you know? And, and that's fine. Like, that's okay. That's okay. All righty. Uh, Rob, no one else has a right to your home. Yeah. You know? And and that's the whole thing. If you, you know, Paul says, if, if you do not provide for your own family, you're worse than an unbeliever. And it's not just provision. It's protection. You know, we are to create peace and prosperity for our children, for our wife, and then for our cousins and our nephews, and then for our great-grandchildren and great-grandnephews and and, and that's why we start intermarrying. You know, that's why we, we, we start meeting up with the diaspora. And it's like, 
oh yeah, your kids are pretty great. You know, my kids are pretty great. And now they become family. And so now we have a first right to protecting and promoting them. <clears throat> Rob, there are institutions that can be seized by right-wing Christian men. Lodges, VFW, churches, etc., are all aging out. You know, I've thought that with, with veterans of foreign wars. I've never, you know, I always just see the little signs around and things like that. But it's, it's true, you know, it's like, man, there isn't much energy around them. And a lot of churches as well, a lot of churches, uh, the energy isn't there. They're seeking honorable men to revitalize them. And, and that's the great thing of understanding hierarchy, you know, of understanding institution. Because a church, a VFW, a lodge, a charity, an NGO, a, a community NGO, they are all a hierarchy and an institution. They are an institution that runs by hierarchy. And so when we understand how to increase honor in a hierarchy, how to, how to serve the David, how to serve the mission, you know, how to become the David, how to start our own, you know, little uh, organizations, there's incredible uh, energy that we bring because we're not trying to solve problems in DC. We're not trying to solve, uh, we're not trying to prop up clown world in our local area. Cause that's what a lot of NGOs are trying to do, right? Is prop up clown world. Like, oh crap, clown world's falling apart, which it, it clown world eats itself. So now we've got to, you know, a lot of your, your charities and community engineer, NGOs are like, we've got to resettle the refugees. We've got to, how do we help girls become boss babes? Uh, how do we help uh, girls go to college? Like, no, this is propping up clown world. Like, no, no, no. <laughs> Let's start an NGO that's actually uh, local and, and trad or, or pronatalist or uh, pro-family. That's it. You know, we have to be. Uh, that's a, a good framing is we're pro family. We're pro Christian family. So, so all of our mission should be toward that end. And like you said uh, before there, uh, KR, all of our politics uh, should be framed toward that end. Rob, just don't lead with the sales pitch from 1933. <laughs> you know, and I've had to do that through media, you know, to, I've had to come out a bit strong and, and a bit, uh, a bit, you know, a lot of guys would be like a bit unwise even, but it's like, no, no, no. Like I'm a lightning rod. I'm a tent pole. I'm a flagpole. Uh, but for a lot of you guys who are still anonymous and, and actually working the institutional game, you're working economy, you're working government. Uh, for a lot of you guys, you're working academia, um, etc. ministry. It's like, yeah, be wise, be wise as serpents, gentle, be gentle as doves. Chaps, normies are petrified of the clown Finding out that, you know, you know how uh, the USSR worked and why it worked for so long is that they wouldn't just punish the king, you know, the young king who's, who's causing trouble. They, they wouldn't just kill him. They would kill everybody who knew about him and didn't tell. And that's how this crazy Stasi uh, uh, secret police informant, every person and informant worked, because if I don't inform on someone, then I'm going to get killed. And so that everyone informs on everyone, you know? And so that's how clown institution, institutions work. You know, our own friends and family, our own people we've gone to church with, gone to school with, played sports with, like, why are they like this? It's because they are petrified of being socially assassinated, economically assassinated, because they've seen it happen all around them. They've seen it happen on the news. They've seen it happen in church. They've seen it happen in their jobs, HR. And they're petrified. And so we, have, we can't be angry at them. We can't come at them with anger and want to crush the normies. It's like, no, have compassion on the normie, but just be gentle and wise with the normie. And, and we've got to, you know, we've got to operate with, with gentle 
hearts toward the normie. So that's it. Don't lead with the sales pitch from 1933. Praise God for Ohio. It's all Ohio. Always has been. Where's Modestine? Thinking about running for office around here in about five years. Um, maybe closer to Cincinnati. What's the political situation like? Yeah. You know, I think that's it, chaps. You know, and, and building institutional credibility. You know, building a base. Here's here's where a lot of power is going to come. Is being a local, a local king, you're gonna have an easy time if that's your kind of uh, domain is government, government and economy. Because guys who get stuff done in the economic realm have a lot of relationships, a lot of um, ability. Um, whereas a lot of governmental guys are kind of like bureaucratic, uh, gamma soy uh, bugmen, you know. And so, how do you crush the bugmen? It's by being an absolute king in your local area. People love kings. Everybody wants a Ron DeSantis as their mayor. Everybody wants a Ron DeSantis as their governor. Everybody wants the king to come and crush the bugmen, you know. And the key is not playing uh, to the bugmen. The key is playing to the local voting populace. And this is where it's important as well to have churches. We have to understand the importance of a church as a voting block. You know, a lot of guys, especially on the on the right wing bodybuilder, you know, BAP kind of neo pagan uh, vibe. I like Beth because he doesn't discount the power of the church and, and he doesn't discount us Christian boys as a traditional uh, influencing a based influencer on, on this movement on the right. But what we have to understand about the church, the church is not the tribe, right? The church shouldn't be running the tribe, but the church is an important part of tribe, right? Sanctifying people, blessing people. But the church is brilliant at logistical infrastructure, brilliant at gathering people. It's a very family friendly environment. And if they can capture the hard men, right? If they can sanctify the hard men rather than chase them away, if they can sanctify the hard men and bless the hard men rather than be afraid of them, then you'll see a, a really um, synergistic uh, arrival into local politics of of you calling up a whole bunch of pastors that you've made friends with and being like, hey, chaps, I'm running for town council. Uh, can you get your guys out to vote for me? And boom, five churches show, you know, 500 people show up to vote for you at the local council. It's like, that's a voting block. That's an economic block. Right? If you can get the, the five churches that you're all friendly with to be like, hey, chaps, we're, boy we're, bo we're boycotting Walmart. We're bo boycotting McDonald's. We're boycotting Starbucks. We're boycotting uh, all these crazy global chains that are just sucking the life out of our communities. And then it's like, well, that's a 500-man economic block. You know, if you, a 500-family economic block, if you can get that going. Praise God. Rob, even if the empire is done, and we're forced to build our new institutions. We need people within the old system performing a rear guard action to keep the wolves at bay. Yeah, and, and, and we want to plunder the old systems. You know, we want to take from them, whether it's taking from them intellectual property, you know, social technology, uh, actual real resources. Uh, and we have to remember as well that there's tons of good normies who are stuck in these old institutions we want to try and drag along. Um, Rob, that is the inside portion of the inside-outside the system strategy. Yeah. You know, we have to be very wise uh, with our, our our group, you know, of how we how we vet people and how we uh, involve people in our lives and all that kind of stuff. <clears throat> Praise God. Yeah, I was thinking of like kind of like an online Amish organization. <laughs> that was great. But, you know, the Amish have in-group preference over a geographic area. There are little colonies. There's a geographic area of like, all right. You know, these 10 families are buying land in these areas and they all try to buy land towards each other. You know, they, they try and actually connect their lands. 
Um, and then economic in-group preference together through their businesses, their trades, they have chain sovereignty. So whether that's a uh, food chain, water chain, uh, uh, you know, their service and energy chain, they try and have sovereignty over everything in their economy, you know? So instead of going to the English, like they'll go to the English if they need it. But the fact that they need it is like, Hey, let's try and figure this out ourselves, which is incredible, uh, economic opportunity for the young guys coming up, you know? Uh, and then they have cultural and group preference, you know, so media, their own schools, their own uh, publishing, probably, I'm sure they, they, you know, try to figure out their own uh, way of, of news and uh, content and all that kind of stuff. Uh, ministry is in group, you know, they don't seek converts, you know, and a lot of, a lot of Christians would be uh, very against this. It's very, uh, it's a very fundamental way of looking at things. Like we don't see converts. We breed <laughs> the, the, we breed converts. Um, but in a way it's like, yeah, it's, you know, I think the Jews have it right where, where there's a very stringent conversion process. You know, a lot of churches are so easy on conversion, like, Oh yeah. Say the sinner's prayer. You're part of us now. Carry on with your life. Whereas like, no, no, no. Like we want a bit of discipleship here. We want a bit of cost. You know, you have to give up clown world to become a Christian. You have to not no longer conform to this world, but be transformed uh, by the word, by becoming a living sacrifice. What are you sacrificing? The comfort and the ease of clown world to become a Christian. You know, so we want this. There is a space for evangelism, but it has to be heavy on discipleship. Oh, and then and then in-group government, you know, in-group arbitration, in-group law enforcement, in-group uh, you know, all of that is really great. So praise God for it. Praise God for it. Uh, Jake Stein, welcome, brother. Do you have a Discord server? I do not. Again, I'm a, I'm a Luddite. And so maybe one of these days we'll sort it out. Someone else will sort it out. Anyway. Rob, if you want your institution to grow, provide value. Yeah, exactly. You know, we must be men of value. And that's where the doing side of things is really great. You know? Here's the terrorist side of things that the feds try and meme you into, you know, the hula sh shirts at the, at the state capital. We can't produce institutional value. We can't build institutions. We, we, we don't know how to do in-group preference. So it's like the feds are like, look at how Antifa does it, guys. Violence, violence. Because you can't create value, you go and steal someone else's value. You go take other people's value. Violence, guys. It's like, no, 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 feds. You can come camping with us, drop your money in our local economy, but we're not doing flesh and blood buddies. We're creating value. We're creating institutions. We're creating in-group value. And there's ways to legally have value that is only accessible uh, to your in-group. You know, it's not, it's not, uh, it's not a sin. It's not illegal. Uh, there are ways uh, to to advertise only to your your guys. Praise God. All right, chaps, I'm going to end on this. No outrage. You know, when we see these things of these FBI directors, don't, don't get outraged. Don't, ah, like, what am I going to do? Laugh, laugh at it. And then either reprise, if you have a local way of reprising, like, no, I'm just going to carry on crushing and taking ground in my project. Uh, or mock, you know, mock it and just be like, yep, that sucks. Like, but this is crazy and, and we don't care. We've got to have this, this no outrage because the moment you're outraging, you're powerless. It's because you feel powerless and we're not powerless, Jeffs. So if, you, if, you, if you're feeling powerless, reach out to a mate, start a project or carry on crushing your project, you know, spend time with your family, 
uh, chaps, we're, we're crashing in real life. And outrage is just because it's like, I feel powerless in this thing. And it's like, no, not my monkeys, not my zoo. You know, leave it out there. Righty, boys. Love you lots. Have a great weekend. No, weekend, Wednesday. My goodness. Have a great Wednesday. <laughs> and we'll see you tomorrow at 4 o'clock. Uh, have a great one. God bless.